Hello, everybody. Welcome again to Take Two, a time where we look back and talk a little bit more about uh, what I talked about on Sunday. Hey, Gil, are we online now? There we are. Good. Oh, I got to turn this down. Okay, good. As you can see, I've got Brian with me tonight. And again, I love this time of conversation uh, to get a little bit deeper into the, the nitty-gritty things because a lot of times there's things that might not be clear and having the opportunity to talk about those things a little bit more for me, I love that. I, I love hearing input. So again, if you have questions about what I said Sunday or even as we're talking, you have a question about what we are talking about, uh, write it down, sh share it with us, and we will uh, try and get to those things because we do want this to be uh, advantageous for everyone who's listening. So last Sunday, uh, a quick, quick just overview. I'm continuing to talk about the importance of our desires where we detect what God is doing that we call Kairos moments. And then after we detect it, we dig into it. The first part of digging was repentance. Remember, repentance is now something I want us to look at as good news. Repentance, instead of it being a condemnation of you being bad, you need to get better. Repentance is an invitation by God to see where he is, to see where we are, and to kind of build that gap. And this is a continuation of that digging into the Kairos, trying to become more aware of it. And we're digging in with what I'm calling compassionate curiosity, right? And I mentioned five C's that are written up here. We start with compassion, connection, concreteness, curiosity, and all of them need to take place with courage because this is something that requires courage for us to step into, I think, this deeper conversation. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of what I talked about on Sunday. And let me throw it to you, Brian. Um, after, you know, hearing it, questions, thoughts, hit me. Hit me. Um, I really liked the talk. I really enjoyed it. And I thought you did marvelous. Um, <laughs> Sam felt like he wished he could split it up into two talks and I can see why, because it was a lot. It was a lot yeah. that you covered. A lot of information. Yeah, but it was also, you touched on them enough to where I think, there, at least to me, there wasn't any like um, blind spots, you know? There was, I felt, I think what was really cool is uh, the whole um, Jesus being inquisitive and mm -hmm. like the way that he um, answered questions with questions and was trying to meet people where they were. I th I would love to hear more about that and why you think that's important that that to be inquisitive in that sense where you are because I almost don't think partially some of those questions like like it's a weird mm -hmm. feeling because it's like uh, if you know something well enough like if I know if you ask me a question the only reason I should be able to answer with a question is if I know the answer mm -hmm. you know and I think a lot of that I think um, Jesus was doing some of that and just like you said making us self-aware by uh, engaging us in the story mm -hmm. so I'm sure that's a lot of that was going on but why do you think for us would be would be beneficial 
or advantageous to use your giant word to <laughs> to to uh, ask like questions like that when conversing. Um, I think you're right. There there is in Jesus' case an awareness of what's happening in the hearts of people, and what he's trying to do is help them come to an understanding of what's happening in their heart. Yeah. Because unless we come to that understanding of where we already are, how can we change? Right. You know, and so I think that's an important part. I think when we ask questions of people, we're not necessarily in that same place where, oh, I know the answer to this, and I'm just going to ask you the question to prove yeah. my answer. Right. That that would be counter to what's happening with Jesus. It would be really to dive more into what are you feeling explain it to me let let's let's put it on the table let's look at it together let let's kind of dissect some of it so that we can understand it a little bit more and that way we can really talk about it in a way that's helpful to you and maybe that way will become a little bit more uh, you know transformative now that I see where this is what I'm doing I mean this happens it's happened with me in counseling where I'm talking to someone counselor and they start talking to me about something and they ask me questions about whether it's my childhood or why I feel this way. And as I start explaining it, I start actually answering what's going on inside yeah. of me as I dig a little bit deeper. And so I, I think that inquiry is so important to get to the heart of the matter, to get to the emotion, to get to uh, the, the motives and, and to understand not just what's happening, but why it's happening. Yeah. And I think that's cool that you put them all together, especially having connection and compassion in there. Because um, those two things for me are like where the relationship comes in. And the only reason mm -hmm. or the one of the reasons why you might earn the right to speak into somebody's life or ask a question. Yeah. Because asking somebody a question that you <clears throat> haven't been compassionate with or connected with um, typically you might, you're going to get like a surface answer or, yeah. um, yeah, why would you let somebody in, you know? So I think that's like really important that you, that you put that up there and it wasn't just a, like a sermon about just inquisitiveness, you know? Yeah. And you know, the compassion needs to take place towards ourselves too, mm -hmm. right? When we experience that Kairos and we're aware of something, you know, you're aware of doing something maybe in a, a selfish motive and it becomes something maybe it's that kind of mirror kairos where you see yourself and you think oh man that's me and your first instinct is that's so bad yeah right and what happens when we don't start with compassion is we start to close the door on growth and the ability to go further yeah Right. It's like, oh, that's so bad. OK, I just need to stop being bad. I need to see that that's bad. And then that's the end of really the growth part. It's just, yeah, do better, do better, do better. Right. Yeah. Instead of what's going on. Mm. Right. What's happening? I mean, today in my cohort, we were talking about um, the need to belong to people. Yeah. And so I was reading this chapter in my book about belonging and how we need to belong and the things that there's a healthy way and unhealthy way that we use that, you know, sometimes the peer pressure, uh, wanting to belong taints what we do 
He was talking about Jesus, how they wanted to make him king. And he, he said, no, he trust, He knew what was in man and he didn't trust what was in right. man. So he didn't go by their agenda. And I was reading this and I had a lot of pushback. And in reading this, I just felt like, yeah, I, don't, I don't do that. I don't do that, right? And this whole idea of belonging is just like, you know, I, I just felt this pushback. And normally I would have just kind of gone with it where, yeah, no, no, that's not me. That's not me. And then I just asked myself, why are you pushing back so much? And a thought came to mind, a memory of when I had, um, I think I was just out of high school and I had my first paid vacation ever. And so it's like, I'm getting paid for this week that I have off. So I'm going to do something but no one else had a paid vacation. Everyone else was working or in school. And so I had to go do something by myself. And so I went camping at Angeles Forest. I took a tent and I was going to be there for a week. I was going to do some soul searching. <laughs> I lasted two days and I had to get out of there. It was driving me crazy. And this awareness of that moment came back saying, you can't be alone. You remember that, how horrific an event. I just was like, what do I do now? Yeah. And then there was just this awareness that what you think you don't need is something that shows up, and it just kind of confronted me with how I need it. That's cool. Right? Um, so if I just have this, nope, that's not me, or if I, oh, that's bad, just stop it, and I don't have compassion to enter into the story, yeah. the story usually stops instead of getting to the roots of it. Yeah, that's so good. And I've... And I've been, I could be witness to that. Like I've been in conversations where <clears throat> people have done that to me, you know, or they, they've like met me where I was. Mm -hmm. um, they knew what I needed was questions, you know, like, yeah. um, I think that there's like, it's typically there's like a power in, uh, the, from the person answering the questions, but I think Jesus gives another perspective. Like there's a power shift from the person asking the questions. Like mm -hmm. you, you become, um, and it's a, it's a, it's a humble power. It's a Jesus kind of power. You know, it's like that. It's, it's typical Jesus. Yeah. It's like that. Like, um, I, I want to know you, like you said, I want to know you better. I want to, uh, I want you to know you better. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you the questions that I know are going to, are going to reveal some things yeah. that may bring up some wounds. That might bring up some, um, situations, but that's the only way that I'll be able to empathize. That's the only way they will be able to connect. That's the way that compassion is going to be able to be show, seen. Yeah. So all of these things are like, like it's almost this like, uh, like constant, like dying. So another like think and mm -hmm. live. Like you're like, by asking the question, you're like, you're killing the, you're killing the, uh, what do you call this? The, you're, you're killing the, well, the ego almost like you're yeah. killing like the like the certitude. Yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you're like teaching like this could be both of us, you know. Like the, hmm. it's like lending um, a, a, like a flag. Like I'm not here to teach you. I'm not. Yeah. I'm here to listen. Here's a question. You know, it's like kind yeah. of like that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's such an important, you know, nuance to that aspect because we do live, I think, in a culture where the person who answers is the person who is in the know. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's, the, here, that's where the power typically stands. Yeah, yeah, and here is Jesus doing the asking. Yeah. And, and that does reverse that kind of role yeah. and puts it on a different, 
you know, playing field. And the people who are easiest to connect to are the people who do ask the questions, who want to know. Yeah. Um, I remember years ago I read a book called Relational Intelligence, and it's kind of all about that, right? It's all about being a person who is inquisitive is usually a person you like talking to because they're trying to find out more about you, and most of us like to talk about ourselves, right? Yeah. So you just start talking about that. And, and you know, I would challenge myself and others, if you're in a conversation, what are you talking about? Because I catch myself doing this. I'm talking about myself, my day. Nothing wrong with those things. But if it's always you talking about yourself, right. and there's never, how are you doing? Right? There's never the the turn. It's kind of like, you know, you talk to someone, hey, Joe, how's it going? Well, you know, and they just start spewing all the horrors of their day and life to you. Yeah. And you're like, okay, okay, okay. And it doesn't stop, right? It's like, oh, man, now <laughs> it's like you're grasping for... Air. It's like, give me a lifeline here, you know, yeah, and yeah. if it never reciprocates and say, oh, sorry, man, I'm just in this mood. How are you? Right. If it never goes there, you don't want to talk to Joe as much because, yeah. you know, Joe isn't interested in you. Joe right, right. is just interested in Joe. Exactly. And yeah. That's hard to connect with someone who's just interested in themselves. There's there's this activity that we did at that uh, poetry workshop we built in my house the other day, mm -hmm. and it was like four boxes of like they had different types of happy faces, <clears throat> and they all represented a uh, type of responder that you are like, what, like and one of them was like if you're a responder like when somebody gives you good news you immediately um, give your good news mm -hmm. or like do you and do you, and that's like a weird face and then there's like another one that didn't have a mouth and it was like when um, somebody gives you their news, do you um, automatically, like, talk about how it's, like, a, like a turn, turn the table to you, and then there was, like, a healthy one, you know? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I'll share it with you later, but I think it, there's, like, a, yeah, you're right, there's, like, a ton of nuance to this, because it's, like, you could be the question asker, you could be the answer, and I think Jesus could have been both, but like you said, he, the 307 questions he asked to the to the whatever he, mm -hmm. he, he answered, the three or whatever, yeah. he's like, um, there's his intention, you know, like was to, to teach and learn. And I think you could be both. You could be the question asker and the, it depends where your motive is and, and watching yeah. you, how you respond and um, why you respond a certain way. And are you that overpower uh, just answering to cover you know just to be able to speak are you listening just to speak um and i think there's there's so much in that like how could you be, be empathetic if you are already thinking about what you're going to say about yourself you know like yeah. is it being possible understandably right. i mean that's the whole point right is to to connect and that's that whole like the video that we showed you know about the difference between empathy and sympathy yeah that was really cool yeah i mean i think it was just so well done in helping us to see that what happens with connection is there is a vulnerability because we're willing to tap into the things that we feel, right? And the emotions that we have that are similar to the ones that a person is going through and saying, oh yeah, here's where I am too. I, I, I feel sorrow. I feel pain. I, I feel hurt. You know, uh, someone sharing today, just a struggle that they're going through, um, in, in their church and not feeling like they can stay there anymore 
and um, but this is where their home is. My heart just started feeling all those things that I've gone through that remember that, and just again understanding that's empathy. I I can feel what you are feeling. Now the question is, do I want to expose that I feel that, or do I want to come across as strong? You know, like, well, hey, listen, man, you know, this is what you need to do. This is it. Instead of just like, ah, that hurt. I know that hurt. Well, talk about that a little bit. Talk about what good exposing what what good exposing looks like, because yeah. I think what unhealthy exposing looks like could be that same thing we're talking about with the responses. It's like like over the same thing. I've, I mean, you know, I'm. I know exactly what you're feeling. I know mm-hmm. there's that unhealthy empathy that you dealt yeah. with before. Like everybody's felt that guy. That's like, no, I don't think it's exactly the same. Thank you. You know, yeah. like, they, like I don't. You, yeah. you didn't. Ex- <laughs> you know, like especially the the severe stuff. Like someone loses yeah. a child or somebody. Yeah, and you raped, said, just, yeah, you know, yeah, my guppy died when I was three. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, like... I lost a hamster. You're like, bro, it's not the. You know, it's like those. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, again, the empathy is just tapping into yourself so that you can have an understanding, but it's still making room for them to have the freedom of expression, yeah. right? You're not silencing their voice. You're, you're allowing it to have resonance in you, mm-hmm. and I think that's the difference between healthy and unhealthy. Unhealthy stops the voice from being able to come out and express because that's part of that idea of confession being good for the soul, right? It's this uh, uh, revealing of those things, being able to lift those things up and it won't happen if you interrupt it, mm. you know, and say, oh yeah, me too. I, I, I know what you're going through. It's one thing to say, I, I, I have, I feel for you right now. I, I feel, or even like in the video, I don't even know what you're going through, right? But I feel for you, right? And just having that kind of compassionate Stepping into identification with instead of that idea of sympathy is like, oh man, that's bad. And then, it, but at least it's not, you know, at least, <laughs> at least you have feelings, right? I mean, it's kind of, we, we then take away its meaning by trying to make them feel better, right? Because right. that sometimes sympathy is done with the best motives. I've done it. I, I do it to myself, you know, if you're going through something, well, you know, at least I'm not like they are in this country suffering with this thing. At least I have a job, at least I have, right? And I'm just trying to numb the emotions that I have instead of digging into them and trying to understand them. Yeah. And that that's, I think, for me, that was one of the the important lessons learned in this, that sympathy even for myself just trying to say hey you know you've got it pretty good be thankful i'm not trying to stop gratitude but i'm trying to understand the reasons i'm feeling that way right the reasons the hurt is there the reasons the loneliness is there the depression is there and especially at a time like this i know man it's still just hovering over us even though things are starting starting to open up I hope they continue. I just have this feeling the storm's coming, right? But even as it's starting to open up, there's still this, like, gun-shy kind of thing. There's still this, you know, shock of what's happened. I'm still a little thunderstruck of what just has happened over the last year, and I'm definitely not over it, Yeah, you know? And I don't think most people are. Um, And so have a little 
compassion on what you're feeling. Have a little trying to understand and connect to what you're feeling so that it can have that positive, repentive work in our lives. One thing that you kind of ran through that I wish maybe you would have did, you kind of touched on it right now as well, was like when you said that people um, eat or they watch pornography or they have these habits mm -hmm. that they use to cover up mm -hmm. uh, maybe how they're feeling rather than like finding the kairos in that or like yeah. where God resides in that. And <clears throat> I know we talked about it before, kind of um, allowing yourself to reveal what need that thing is meeting yeah. and then asking God to um, show you how to uh, fill it with other things that yeah. um, that could lead you to, to him. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's an important part of this digging is to not shame yourself to a place where you silence yourself. Um, and, you know, those are the things I use, whether it was the overeating, the pornography, um, just this, I want to... Shop. Um, yeah, the excessive shopping. These are all things I do, but I don't want to admit to them because they're, they're just not the best light I want to be seen in. And so what we tend to do is just pretend they don't exist. We bury them. We don't talk about them. And, and I think, of course, if we're going to talk about some of these things, you want to have someone safe you can talk to, someone who's not going to condemn you, um, whether it's a counselor, a spouse, close friend, someone you trust who if I share these deep things, whether it's those or others, um, I'm not going to get judged right. or they're not going to go and tell everybody about it, right? And it's going to be something that causes more pain. Um, but if I don't go to that place of trying to communicate with what's happening, then what's happening will never have the ability to have a benefit to me. Right. Right. Um, and that was kind of the idea of the good news of these moments, right? To see them as something beautiful can happen here. Even though this might be a, a terrible thing, a destructive thing, something beautiful can happen when we see that the reason we are doing this is connected to something else and we're able to find that and address that and find healing at that, there, there's a deep level of healing that's taking place. Yeah, yeah. You know, that would not take place unless there was the reckoning of these things, acknowledging them and digging into them. And it reminds me of, like, as you were talking, it reminds me of any of those, like, um, shows where they they redo the house for the people. And, mm -hmm. like, the, what do you call it? Makeover yeah. house shows. <clears throat> there's that moment where they're the couple kind of realizes what's going to happen, you know, like they're going to destroy yeah. the house they live in. Yeah. And then they're going to get this brand new house that, you know, they, they trust these people to do it. Yeah. But there was that moment where they're like, ah, there's that really like this wall. I really like this <laughs> paint that I painted with my mom. And now it's, yeah. but, you know, this is, you know, there's this like moment where you're like, but, but there's a, like a thank you to the, to the thing, you know, like thank mm -hmm. you for filling that void, you know, um, that, I mean, yeah. there's some beauty in that, that moment where you're yeah. like, yeah, this place is trash. This is not the best place for me, yeah. but thank you for 
covering me with for that moment, whatever. And then moving, you know, like I, yeah. I, I get what you're saying, but it's really easy for I think for someone to like hear that and be like, like you know, there goes Sam always trying to you know try to turn every bad thing into something that might be good, you know. But I think there's like there is like if you I mean if you really and it, it, it makes some it makes the relationship with that thing more human, you know, like yeah, yeah. Gosh, that's that's the word, right? Human. Um, yeah. It, it makes it real. It makes it something that is um, part of who you are, and you can't move without dealing with who you are. You yeah, know? yeah. Right. It's the only way you can move forward. And sometimes the unwillingness to say, "Well, you know what? I get a lot of comfort from shopping on Amazon and mm-hmm. buying that." Yeah. Or having that glass of wine or whiskey or, you know, going to that website. Um, I, I find a, it does something for me to ease the stress I'm feeling, ease the hurt I'm going through to, to deal. If I don't at least acknowledge the good it's apparently doing for me or the value I'm getting from it, then we end up kind of lying to ourselves. Yeah. And then, we, you know, if you're lying to yourself, you're going to eventually say you were lying to yourself. Yeah. You know, and, and so... That's pretty you, crazy. That's yeah, pretty you'll, you'll kind of continue in that vein. Um, gosh, and we do it in so many ways, uh, especially in, in this church culture where we just want to label things bad and therefore just don't think them, don't do them, and it causes more harm than good because we end up stuffing these things down and never addressing them. Right. You know, um, yeah. Gosh. Yeah, I've been listening to a few things just talking about that. And it'll be a whole detour if we go that direction. <laughs> Did you listen to by the fundamentalist one on the conflict? No, I haven't listened to that. <clears throat> he, just a little side note, uh, Sam and I listened to this podcast, but there's one of the guys was talking about this thing called, uh, like purity culture, uh, Peter Rollins was talking about uh-huh. purity culture and how we <clears throat> have this desire to make everything really like I'm clean, you know, yeah. like very like, like kind of what the, what we're talking about has happened, has happened in the church yeah. for long as like, don't mention it. Just let's just make everything yeah. um, really clean. And that's the aesthetic that's, and there's, he was saying something really interesting, like, uh, that social media and, um, uh, you know, these like maybe dating websites and stuff like this, they cater to this kind of thinking because they're like, all right, we're going to only tag you in people that think exactly like you, things that you're into. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that's going to do is wash out everything else that, that, that you're not a part of. So yeah. that, that you don't see as right, that you don't see as conflict with your thoughts. So now you have nothing, you won't have to wrestle with anybody else. You won't have to yeah, <clears> deal with have, anything, deal with some, Date somebody that's not. You know, I'll just X out all the people that you shouldn't be dating. We'll just match you with the perfect match, and that's what they're trying to sell, right? Yeah. And he's like, "Wouldn't it be cool if um, they made a club that instead of matching you with like I guess they have these clubs where you can. If you think about like anything that's exclusive, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. they're 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 trying to market to a certain group. Yeah. But if there was a club that was like intentionally putting you with people that they knew you weren't going to go along with. (laughs) (laughs) 
Because <laughs> really what they're saying is yeah. we're going to do all that we can so that you don't have to grow. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, because that, that I'll jump into here because um, that really is the same thread that I was going to yeah. go into where it was talking about how that purity culture and what they've done to try and say, oh, you can't even look at a woman. You can't, you know, if these things are happening, you just got to bounce your eyes. And what they've done by this mentality of saying, oh, it's bad, just stop it, is they've objectified women, Mm. even though they haven't said it out loud, right? They've said, well, women are just objects, so you can't look at them because they're just objects. Instead of looking at them as human beings and respecting them as people, you're objectifying them, and then you're dealing with them as an object, and this is how you deal with that object, Right. right? Which doesn't allow growth. It doesn't allow healthy relationships. It doesn't allow you to deal with conflict and then communicate. And so we've got a whole group of Christians who don't know how to talk to the opposite sex because they've seen it as a threat. Right. Right. And it's like, oh no, I can't talk to her because I've been told all I want to do is have sex with her. And so now I've never dealt with it. And that's all I see and hear in my mind. And so now I become a little bit just, you know, innocuous to that whole thing. And I don't know how to deal with it instead of, you know what? You're going to have thoughts like that, but how do you get past them and see that person not as an object, but as a person? How do you show respect in spite of the things you see, in spite of the things you feel? How do you conduct yourself to a human being that is a part of this world that you live in and a part of the emotions that you have, right? Right. Instead of going there and actually developing healthy things, we just try to stop it. Right. Right. And that's, again, I think this goes into that concreteness, right? We're, we're starting to name things instead of just, oh, well, there's just this blanket of, oh, well, that's bad. You know, oh, yeah, I lost my temper. What happened? Oh, I just, you know, got carried away. No, tell me the knitting gritty of it. You know, what really happened? Well, you know, my wife said this. It got, I got upset and I threw and smashed, you know, something on the floor. It's like, okay, well, let's talk about that, right? Because now it's like, now I'm dealing with it, right? Without the concreteness, without talking about, well, this is what it is, is actually happening. You know, oh, yeah, I just, you know, overspent. Well, what did you buy? you what I bought, yeah. you know. Now you got to really know me. Yeah, now you okay. got to see inside of my, you know. Yeah, me. I bought my 25th pair of shoes. You know what I mean? <clears throat> it's like now, right. uh, why did you choose those shoes? What's going on? I mean, what, what, what do you get from buying another pair of shoes or whatever? The concreteness forces you to look at it a little bit more closely, deal with it more authentic. This is authentically. It, it, it makes the reality of what's happening more present so that you can actually deal with it. Yeah. You know. And the more you do that, the more you will gain discernment of how to do it responsibly, you know, because there's there's yeah. unhealthy and healthy in all of this, you know, like you yeah. can, you can use you can get so good at empathizing that you become manipulative, you know, or you yeah. become you you know like for the wrong for the wrong, you know, like mm-hmm. uh being there for people is vulnerable, and if you're in the wrong mindset or 
<clears throat> or aren't looking for the Kairos moments, um, you will be looking for your own satisfaction moments in that. Mm -hmm. And that's another world of unhealthy and another thing that someone's got to deal with you with, you know? So it's like, yeah. just, just finding healthy and how you interact with anything I think is, is a good start, you know? Yeah. And yeah. again, I mean, I kind of said it a lot during the talk. It was one of the things I think I repeated too much, but it, it just, unless we're really known, we can't really grow. You know, yeah. and, and unless we really, the real us shows up with what's happening, how can God really deal with us? Um, and, I mean, it, it makes so much sense to me, and I think to everyone, we'll say, yo, obviously, but I'm so aware of how I haven't done that so many times. Right, right. You yeah, know. it's like a, it's a necessary reminder, but... Yeah, I feel like I've been really aware of it, and I and I feel I feel like I've been through these conversations we've been having. Um, I've been like trying to step into the conflict a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. like where I would shy typically, or like. <clears throat> and again, there's an unhealthy side to that because then you get so conflictly driven <laughs> that you want to like, no, no, we're gonna deal with it right now. We're gonna, <laughs> you know, and I. <laughs> but there's like a balance to everything, you know. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna ask everybody questions. I think. <laughs> I'm just gonna like Sam said, ask questions. I'm gonna we could turn anything into religion, like and 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 there's like a balance to it all. I think that's why those three questions that he <laughs> Jesus had to like answer three questions because he knew if he didn't, we'll be like Jesus never answered a question straight. So we we should never, you know, like yeah, um, yeah. That I think that's where the balance comes in. He had to show us like it's, yeah, yeah, no, it's true. I mean, we can go overboard, and and again, everything. That's, we're talking about is happening in grace and truth. Right. Right. It, it has to do with this journey and this goodness and the reality is God sees us and sees himself. Because uh, if it's if it's not in that place, it's not safe. Right. Right. I don't want to get concrete with someone who I, I don't feel safe with. Right. And the only way I can get concrete with somebody is have that environment of trust and uh, connection. Otherwise, it's too vulnerable, right? right? And, but vulnerable is what we need. Yeah. You know, and, and it's unfortunate that the church has become such a place where being vulnerable is not a virtue and, and it's hidden. I mean, I, I know so many, um, you know, Christians who do things um, that, again, I don't have a problem with it. Like, say, even drinking, you know. I know Christians who drink, but the church they go to, they can't tell the pastor or the people there that they drink, right? Because it will be, you know, rebuked. It will be shamed. Um, I, I know people, you know, who do things like they go to Vegas or something like that for a weekend. And, oh, I can't tell, you anybody. know, yeah, anybody about that. I remember one of the, you know, pastors at a large church, I went to go see uh, Paul McCartney in concert with and uh, the guy who got the tickets for us worked for Niederlander and he was able to get us into the forum club because it was back then and got us a lemo and so you know we we pull up in a lemo to the forum club and we get out and it's just like we're having a great time yeah. and this pastor sees someone from his church and flips out because he has to justify what's going on. Wow. Instead of just saying, hey, how's it going? Yeah, we got this limo. It's fun. Because 
his whole presentation was anti this and here he's doing it right yeah and how awful it is to have to play that part right and i mean one like i think perfect example which is i think um like i my interaction with eileen um Mm -hmm. you know uh and if you're watching Eileen, I'm, I'm grateful for <laughs> you. And she was willing to meet up with me um, to have a conversation, and I was willing to meet up with her. And yeah. we wanted to deal with our um, understanding or misunderstanding of um, a situation and came to a conclusion where both of us understood each other deep, more deeply, and it couldn't yeah. have happened unless we were willing, you know. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> and I was grateful for that moment because there's not a lot of people – who aren't in my like immediate circle who would just want to like meet up with me to like tell me how they felt um about something they felt I was doing wrong, you know? Yeah. And so that 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 was, you know, there's obviously lets me know there's some conviction going on, but through those conversations she was even able to say like, you know, I'm able to see something different now because you brought something to light um that I needed to see, you know? So thank you and she thanked me. I thanked her. And you know we're not we're not you know uh, hanging out every single day. Yeah. But that there was a compassion that happened that I took something from and still still learning from and and I miss you, Eileen, and I and I and I hope to see you soon and I hope the church opens back up. But that's that's why it's valuable, you know. Yeah, and that's yeah. where respect develops, right? You, right? you respect someone because they're able to communicate with you and able to hear you, right? right. It wasn't. You know, Eileen just didn't come out to you and tell you you're doing this wrong. Nope. She talked to you and listened to you, and you guys were able to have that dialogue and conversation. Yeah. And now you have a deeper understanding for one another, which gives you the ability to have a, a more dynamic relationship, right? Which and what is, a, you know, and what a thought. You could yeah. just <laughs> not just yell at each other and just uh, <laughs> or talk behind each other's back, and that'll fix everything. That's just not how it works. Yeah. So it's like, Gosh. And, and the, those are the things that happen. I mean, yeah. The people who slander people, you know, in the church, it, it just happens so often. I know that there's times where I've been involved with church leaders and stuff, and I'm just sitting in this room, and I'm just thinking, man, any other room, this would just be considered really gossip and trash talking. But for some reason, it's not here because <laughs> everyone's, you know, big. You know, and it, it's interesting how the rules change, you know, in certain levels. And and this is where Jesus really lays the hammer down, you know, on the people who are, you want to be great, you better be a servant. You know, this isn't how you, you know, you're, you see these people who lord over you. That's not the way it works here. And so all this, I think, cuts to all these things. It cuts through this idea because it cuts through with compassionate curiosity right we get to the nitty-gritty but we do it with love and concern not behind the back not blasting someone not seeing ourselves as other than them but seeing ourselves with them yeah the empathy all these things are important um you know that even what you mentioned what happened with you and eileen having a conversation um there's something sacred happening there yeah Um, it's a sacred space when you're able to have that kind of conversation about things that are troubling. Yeah. Um, 
And this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to dig into that. Yeah. Right. And make sacred spaces happen. Yeah. Um, how beautiful would it be if, if that was what the church was known for? The place where we can talk and find grace and explore truth and grow. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Why couldn't the church be that? Shouldn't the church be that, you know? Yeah. And and it's sad because when you hear people say something like, like for example, they talk about the open mic we used to run, like, oh, that's that that's what I feel like church should be, or that's mm-hmm. where I found God, or not saying that God should be excluded, but shouldn't be people, what happened to people finding God at church and like um, going to church and, and knowing that they would go to meet people that would want to be after yeah. that. And it's, it's so sad that there has been like a little, a shift uh, and it's, it's strange, you know? Yeah. I mean, talking with someone recently, they were talking about uh, someone they knew um, and they told them what I think church should be is people getting together and talking. Mm. Right. And I definitely think it should be that. I think it should include that. Doesn't mean that's all it is, right. but that's what I would like to see it include. I mean, and that's was the idea of this, you know, take two was to develop this, to have that kind of uh, dialogue. So it's right. not just me telling people what to do. It's us talking about things. Yeah. I'm, I'm throwing a, a topic out a conversation out a scripture out and then we digest it and we wrestle with it and we argue about it and we share my thoughts your thoughts about it i remember um alex uh, ortiz brought a friend to church you know alex and his friend this girl he was dating at the time and he brought her to church and it was on a midweek and I was saying, does anyone have any thoughts or questions? I opened it up. And they were just like, what? He's the pastor. Why is he asking someone else for a question? And it, it was troubling to her that I would want other people's input. And it, it just, that was the mindset that she's coming from, that the pastor is supposed to just tell us what's happening, not ask us. Right. right, and how terrible, right? How yeah. how um, dangerous, and and unfortunate that that's what we're okay with, you know. As the congregation, it should it should be, um, we should. I mean, the most valuable relationship I had with the pastors, you know, with mm-hmm. you, you know, yeah. and I've been in church my whole life, and then yeah. one other. Um, relationship i could even kind of think you know was this priest growing up and he would have dinner every once in a while and he knew our birthdays and stuff but even that was like that was not relational we still treated him like he was something that i don't think he he was you know which is like this you know like big old thing you know and we're like yeah you're not the president of of anything you you and and made it clear that's how he wanted to be treated how he felt comfortable being treated you know so um, I don't know. There's the Catholic, the, the whole. Yeah, and it just depends. I mean, I know yeah. some priests that are just like the most humble people in the world. Yeah. Um, you know, they're they're not asking you to call them father or anything. Um, and then I know pastors who, you know, specifically say you need to call me pastor. You mm-hmm. know, and it's like, 
okay, you know, the, the title starts to mean something to them instead of it just being something they own, a responsibility. Um, but then, you, again, you start just putting the... How do you open up to someone who is putting up this kind of level of yeah. thing? It's hard to... Now I've got to reach you and you're not going to ever be vulnerable to me right. kind of things. I mean, I, I don't know of... I'm sure it's happened, but I can't recall a pastor opening up and being vulnerable to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe once. Um, but it was, yeah, very strenuous circumstances, right? Yeah. And that's unfortunate. I mean, I guess my brother, he doesn't count. He's my brother. Um, you know, we know too much about each other. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's unfortunate that there's that lack of humanity it's true and it's weird that I even maybe considered not coming here for a long time because I felt like I knew you too well mm. and that was like a thing you know yeah and I remember uh, thinking that like I don't know if it's, it's wise that I've you know go to Sam's church because I think Sam and I are, are two good of friends now or something like that yeah. and you're like wait what, what that, that doesn't make sense you know like why would I want to be estranged from the from the pastor at all and why would I yeah but then there's like you want that separation but you're like then there goes accountability there goes Ability for compassion and connection, yeah. you know? So it's like, it makes sense that all these things are connected because if I didn't have that with you, then then you would just be another person that um, saw the Instagram filter of my life and mm. been like, how could you ever empathize with anything I was going through? Because I wouldn't let you see that part. Yeah. So I think it's valuable that we get to see those things. And know? I think that taps into that idea of courage, right? Where we have to be willing to step into those things, right? To... To deal with that, because right, you have something to lose. Well, if I, I go to the Sam's church, right, which is not my church, but I know what you mean. If I go to Genesis, right, um, then I might lose the dynamic that we have. Because what if I started pulling the pastor card on you, you know? Yeah, and that could have happened. And I, <laughs> what, you know, like, whatever that card looks like, here's my pastor yeah, card. Okay, you know? <laughs> Kiss the ring. Um, you know, playing it safe doesn't allow the relationship to grow deeper and doesn't allow our lives to grow deeper. And that's why courage is needed in all these areas, right? It, it takes courage to really have compassion towards someone and towards oh, yourself. Sure. Yeah. It takes courage to be empathetic, to open yourself up. It takes courage to go to the nitty-gritty details of all these things. It takes courage to want to investigate more yeah. what's happening um, oh, yeah. and again that Brene Brown definition courage is telling the story of who you are with your whole heart mm. right I, I love that because um, that's what we want right we want to be known we, we want to grow and, and, and I said this during my talk I mean what, what's the point of all this if it's not to be transformed what am I doing here why do I want to come to church if I'm not going to be changed? You know, um, what what's behind it, right? I mean, yeah, it's great having friends. It's great interacting, but I could do that anywhere, right? I don't have. To, I could go to a bar and get that. I could, and that's why people do, you know, because there's connection there. Right. They have those things there, but I, I don't want to just have friends. I want to be changed. I want to grow. I want to change the world. You know, you know, I always kind of like, hey, let's change the world. You know, we all have these grandiose ideas, like let's do something. 
because that's within us. That's something that we want to do. We want to step into that arena. I don't want to just, you know, be friends with people. I, I don't want to just, you know, be a nice guy. I, I want to be changed. I want to see change. Right. I want to be the agent of change, you know, in all these areas. So it's important to be able to kind of step into those things. That's good. You know, I ended kind of with this Karl Marx quote that, you know, religion is the opiate of masses. And we've kind of prophetically made that true when we don't really deal with our stuff. Any give you people and anybody give you any uh, Karl Marx comments? No, (laughs) you use Karl Marx in church. How dare you? Um, Yeah, no, I just think that there is an element of truth in that that is ironic that we have made, maybe not in the same way that he had meant it, but um, it's what happens when we put on the facade and we pretend. Right. Right. And And the religion part being the thing that we before God because I think mm-hmm. when any time I've ever said I don't consider myself religious or I hate religion or these kind of comments that I come up occasionally every yeah. day um, it, it someone says well it, explain yourself you know and I go yeah. in the same sense that Jesus was confronting Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes I see that now and um and that is what I'm talking about when I'm saying religion. And it could be, yeah. and that that's the the, the the grander scale. I think we can be religious in in any sense, any sense that we've. <clears throat> and me and Jordan talked about this. It's not that we're elevating these things to God level. I think we're just we didn't put God in its place, so these things don't have a place. You mm-hmm. know, there there's yeah. like a a weird uh, backwards thing there where we're like, I don't think these because. When I do talk to people about religion and idols, they don't say, no, I don't, I don't think they're gods. I don't, they're not possessing me or, mm-hmm. or anything like that. And I go, well, then, then God's in its wrong place. Then God mm-hmm. hasn't found the place where, you know, mm-hmm. at its highest place yeah. um, of your life yet yeah. or your highest understanding. It's sitting down there with the thing that you are, are you know, when they say, like, show me your phone, show me your bank and I'll show you your God kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, you put it down, you put God down there with the understanding of those things. So yeah. it's still, God's still serving you and, and you're not serving God yet. You know, so mm-hmm. it's like all these kind of things. Yeah. I mean, the whole idea that being a follower of Christ is a regular, a rigorous commitment to reality, right? It, it's, I'm going to find the real above everything else yeah right and, and that's where god is in the real because the the pretend the facade the all the other things we use to cover sometimes or hide from the real yeah um and, and so that idea and, and so that's why you know how we convey ourselves and the words we use matter you know when someone asks me if i'm a christian i immediately think what do you think that is, right? <laughs> what do you, is that Westboro Baptist Church? Is that, you know, what what is in your wheelhouse when that word is being put out? Because I, I don't want to step into 
that necessarily. But I want you to know how important Christ is to me and what that represents to me and how that's changing me and how I believe that is meant to change all of us for a way in a way that's good for the world right for people who grew up in you know communist countries who you know learned you know about marx or whatever you know uh, when people think well you know christians you know and america just go hand in hand and like what about christians in china yeah. You know, what about Christians in Syria? What about Christians in Haiti? What about, you know, they have a different government. They have a different mindset. You know, let, let's let's not put God in those boxes. Right. Um, and let's be real about the boxes we're in because we all live with those different kind of glasses that see the world from our yeah. reality. And so sure. this is kind of take off the glasses, get to the heart, it happens, you know, in these ways, in this grace and truth area. We have to have compassion. We have to have connection. We have to have the concreteness. We have to have this curiosity. And we have to have the courage to go there together so that we can get to the heart of who we are. And that's where God is. That's good. Amen. 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 All right. Well, thank you, Brian. Thank you, Sam. Um, thank you, uh, whoever else is out there, for being there. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed this. And again, we miss you and look forward to having times together. And we'll let you know when that happens. But in the meantime, stay safe, everybody. God bless you. We hope to see you Sunday morning here at YouTube Live at 10 a.m. Or you can join us here live. Uh, we are meeting outside. It's been great seeing some people unfortunately there is no child care at this point uh we will let you know when that changes as well um but god bless you guys love you miss you take care you have been listening to the genesis podcast we invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings you can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.